Hi, this is Satish. And this is Raghu. And we are the Inconceivable Desis. Inconceivable! Today we're here to talk to you about Navratri slash Dasera slash Vijayadashmi slash... Am I, am I missing something, Raghu? Uh, uh, yeah, Dandia. <laughs> That's the only thing most people care about, right? Well, we are getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, but do you realize this This is the end of the trilogy, Satish? We actually managed to make a, 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 theme, a themed uh, podcast trilogy. Isn't that cool? I guess maybe we should begin at the beginning. So... Why are we celebrate? Why why is Dasera celebrated mostly? So let's see. There are there are there are a bunch of things happening, right? That's why it's so complicated. And as as always, uh, it's an air quotes Indian festival, which means every region does things really differently. Uh, and of course, there is first the nine nights, which are Navratri. Uh, and then the tenth day, which is you know called whatever Dashera or Vijay Dashmi, uh, and that um, the kind of different you know kind of gods I guess that you pray to, right? The nine nights are the yeah. nine forms of the goddess uh, Durga, and the tenth day is completely different. Yeah, we we tried to figure out why 10 days or why 9 nights and the best we could come up with was, well, uh, like most of these festivals, it is connected intimately with the Harvest Festival. And we actually discovered that there were five types of Navaratri that occur at the various points during the year. And the, the September-October Navaratri is just the most uh, popular one, the Sharad Navaratri. Uh, but there's a similar one that happens in March, April, and then there's one that happens in June, July. And so you can sort of see this trend. The change in seasons corresponds to a Navaratri, corresponds to a festival. Um, why nine nights and not eight or ten or fifteen? Not not quite sure. Uh, but the, they've got nine forms of a goddess. So thankfully for us, there were nine forms of the goddess to go with the nine nights of the Navaratri. You know, that's the thing that's been like really irking me. <laughs> you know, it's a chicken or egg problem. Were there nine forms of the goddess? Or did they decide that we are going to celebrate this for nine nights? Give me nine excuses. <laughs> nine reasons to celebrate. Give me nine reasons to celebrate. My favorite theory goes back to sort of the more religious reason as to why Dasera, as to why, you know, like the final day Dasera happens. So it, it's supposed to happen because that was the day that Ram killed Ravan. Right? According to me, because Ravan had 10 heads each night, one head was taken off. And so, nine nights, it, it works out. That's such a horrible castration of such a great poem, man. Seriously. I mean, I can't even think of any other word. So, uh, the Sharad Navratri, like you pointed out, is the more popular one. Everybody uh, throughout India, every Hindu throughout India, anyways, uh, takes time off to do something. And for us, you know, South Indians, it was mostly uh, kind of a, a more uh, personal, personal spaced, uh, you know, event. Uh, and and specifically for us, people who are from Tamil Nadu, 
a big focus is on uh, this thing called Kolu, uh, which is basically a uh, exhibition of uh, dolls and um, action figures. Uh, I've you know, Navratri is basically uh, it literally stands for nine nights. And it's again, it's worshiping like nine forms of the goddess. So it's very kind of intertwined with the, uh, uh, you know, worship of the feminine form. And females basically get all the bandwidth here. It's all about them. So from my understanding, when I was growing up, was that the Golu was supposed to be a a thing that females celebrate. Of course, ended up that you know all my GI Joes used to somehow end up there. So. Yeah, that didn't like that didn't quite you know scale that well. Everyone knows, everyone knows that Duke was an important you know factor in the in in uh, he was he was a he was a major bhakt of of Madurga. Everyone knows that. We have like a hundred million gods. Adding one Duke to it is like <laughs> not a big deal, man. Even Sachin Tendulkar <laughs> is in the pantheon now. Of course. So so yeah, I mean for me it was all about Kolu and it it. It was so funny. We used to have a huge uh, uh, population of Bengalis, and that's why uh, they used to they in Bengal celebrate uh, Navratri mostly with Durga Puja, right? It's another form. It's another form of Durga that they worship, and that's what they do for nine nights. I basically went to Durga Puja like three times in my life, the 22 years that I lived there. And it is—it's unbelievable how these things just, you know, vary completely. And then there is, of course, the Gujarati form of, you know, uh, having dandiyaras. Um, so yeah, and the interesting thing is, uh, dandiyaras is actually um, celebrating Krishna, Krishna and and Radha's love and their and, and their dance of love essentially. And so you have three very different gods being celebrated in three very different ways in three corners of India. Um. So, and, and the the and yeah. So Raghu pointed out the um use in Golu of of course our more modern dolls. But I think like the centerpiece of a Golu is supposed to be the the Marpachi Bommai, which is like uh, a traditional doll that you will find in you know which is not easy to come. Which I believe is probably easy to combine. It used to not be that easy to come by earlier. Um, but you know that whenever somebody gets that, that is usually like you know it was it was always a big deal. I remember that when people would actually get it into their golu, that would be like, oh yeah, you should go check out that one. That one is amazing setup with a beautiful Marpachi Bumma in the center, which is a couple, and then all this, the elaborate arrangement around it. And people get really creative with these things. Um, I want to say I've seen golus where you know they virtually just reconstructed whole cities and towns and villages and. Scenes and there are themes of different uh, golus. I've not seen a, I've never seen a Lord of the Ring themed golu, but I have seen pretty much everything else. I think I even seen a Star Wars. Yeah, golu somewhere. I mean it's a, it's it's basically a toy festival, right? It's a festival of toys, and I have always wondered if there are other cultures that actually do stuff like that. It's not. I mean, you know, you, you're basically wor- worshiping. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, you know clay figurines right so you probably had a like an idol or something that you made and then you just started worshiping and then you start i mean that's the one that one thing about hinduism that always puzzles people uh, i've noticed is that 
uh, we we tend to range from like animism to you know worshiping trees and you know worshiping you know fire and stuff like that so it's easy to imagine that this started as a uh, as a um, as a toy festival that where idols were basically in different forms were worshiped and then it just kind of stuck okay uh so yeah so that that was golu and so the other memory i have is of course for those nine nights uh, at least so in so i've seen how it's been adapted to the us culture but in india it's essentially nine nights of ladies visiting each other and you know basically to to see the other ones golu and then the exchange uh, the traditions that that are associated with it i'm not going to go into details uh but it's interesting to me that even in the us we, they still celebrate it it's not usually for the entire nine nights because people can't spend every evening for nine days going to other people's houses so they'll do like you know this whole block of time on this one day or two days over the weekend where you just everyone sort of bombards the other person's place and and hangs out for for the evening um which which i found you know i found it sort of I found it really endearing in some sense because I was like, you know, it's 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 a simple thing to celebrate, but it, it is actually it is actually a very nice way to to sort of pass on that idea down generations, right? Like you're not losing, you you sort of distilled it down to its core essence, which is uh, the women getting together to celebrate uh, themselves on a on a for a particular festival, and that essence is somehow being distilled down to its purest form here. Yeah that's that's a good point uh, like uh, the boy also kind of uh, enjoyed golu a lot this year primarily because there were just so many toys so he could keep himself kind of distracted looking at all the figurines mm-hmm. and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what you know what they were symbolizing uh while we got to do uh, what we enjoy doing best when we visit other people's house uh eat food yep uh and that's the kind of other you know nice thing about any any hindu festival for a given you know lots of sugary stuff lots of uh, fried stuff uh but navratri is like 9 days of that right so it's a lot more fun so as we mentioned so then the other form of uh, celebrating it is is the dandiya ras which is is primarily associated with uh, gujarat because of of vrindavan and the ras leela of radha and krishna um and you know again that is essentially everyone coming together as a group and uh dancing to songs of krishna and radha you know, we, have, we have the traditional rasleela dance which has pretty much been changed to many a, a very bastardized version of the dance for lack of a better word <laughs> that's true and it gets such a big audience uh especially in the united states it's like a way to just kind of you know um i guess gradually introduce people who are not who didn't grow up completely in that culture i guess without mm-hmm. uh, without overwhelming them with oh my god there are like 4000 years of deep thought that have gone into this no no it's just you know it's just a fun night we go out we hang here and you know it's part of it's part of our ethos that kind of thing uh and then you know i remember growing up This was the time of the year where you would actually uh, uh, see Falguni Pathak again, <laughs> which for the people who are hearing that name for the first time, what really? Uh, that person is awesome. Uh, she is. That person is is literally the definition of a one-trick pony. 
That is so true. She would only show up for this stuff, right? Nine nights of <clears throat> non-stop work in a year. And the remaining time, she was probably recording videos or uh, recording, you know, cassettes. What are those, Satish? Recording the songs that are played while she in in those places that she does not visit during those nine nights. Right. <laughs> Another thing we should just mention is that uh, there are actually two different. Um, so Dandia Ras has it can actually be done as sort of a Ras, which is uh, the one which which actually involves the sticks. That's why Dandia Ras. Or you could do it as Garba, which is just no sticks. You just hands and feet clapping and encircling around. You know that's funny. I've read somewhere that uh, one of the origins of this particular dance form mm-hmm. is actually like a symbolic reenactment of uh, you know fighting. Yes, yes, yeah. In, in, in some places, they actually use swords and stuff to to do this instead of sticks. Yeah, and supposed to be again. This is like related to Durga, right? You know, I mean, it's 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 a it's a form of Navratri. It's a form of worshiping Durga. And uh, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be symbolic of her battles against asuras and stuff. Yep. Mahishasur was my favorite asur. Can you imagine an asura who's his shape like a bull, and he's like <laughs> horns on his head, and then he becomes human, and he still has horns on his head. And that guy was cool, man. Because <laughs> the head also got cut off, so that's a you know. I've seen like so Durga Puja uh, pandals. Durga Puja have pandals just like you know Ganesh, uh, 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 Ganpati pandals and Ganesh uh, uh, during Ganesh Utsav. And I've seen like Durgas which are like Durga figurines which are like you know many feet tall and they're resting uh, their feet on uh, an image of Mahishasur because that's uh, one of the forms in which mm-hmm. Durga is uh, worshipped. Mahishasur Mardini, somebody who uh, the you know the uh, the strong female form which destroyed the asura whose name was mahishasur right. mahisha means bull and in many places i've seen it where it's the face of a man but with horns and like a bull's body so i don't know i mean as a kid that was pretty fascinating it was like oh wow look at it this is like a this is like a true chimera right and it's kind of fun to see yeah i always um uh i i still remember when i read the amachitragata on, on on durga and kali and all these i still remember the one uh in which uh, so i think i realized just how powerful they you know, just how powerful they were intended to be when when i read the the, the amachitragata on ganesha because in that parvati actually releases durga and kali and tells them to go help ganesha in his battle against the devas and and everyone and essentially the two of them vanquish the entirety of everyone else like just the two of them could vanquish everyone else and they those people went running for their lives because they could not handle these two super powerful beings it's funny i mean if you look at a lot of uh, current hinduism uh, uh, you might be like overwhelmed by all the like the masculine form and stuff but like a lot of traditional hinduism especially down south is so you know uh, devout about the female form yes. and and if you look across cultures it's not just hinduism if you go to other like you know idol worshiping cultures uh some of the prehistoric you will see a lot of the you know worship of the feminine form like and and durga is like the distilled version right she's the essence of all the different goddesses into one it's like a shortcut right 
and and um, it's 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 kind of odd to see that you know what's the word the um, the kind of immense devotion to the feminine form from a population that tends to be a little you know uh, gender biased i guess and uh, it's always uh, kind of the contrast is kind of you know bewildering at times um the only other thing is that uh, you know we've taken we've taken our kid to to you know the local garba here and she always had a ball of time she absolutely loves it because there's all these kids they're doing their own dance it's not nothing to do with the actual garba dance it's their version of the garba dance but and they have a lot of fun and it is a pretty big crowd of people that show up for these things and she absolutely loves it i i think I'm, i suspect next year she will actually realize that you know there is a series of things that happen and then we go to garba and so she might actually ask for it but she really loves uh dancing and 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 so on during that time right, right. so yeah so ninth day also has saraswati puja which is uh sort of worshiping the goddess of of knowledge um and so the you know you, as kids that would be the day where you basically give up your textbook so that they can be uh worshiped so that you can read them for, for when new year starts and have a have a very knowledgeable new year and so on and forth um in fact this year we we actually had my kid learning sort of how to how to write her name during that puja so that's sort of a, a marker of, of growing up yeah there are like a couple of things happening here right so the first thing is uh for for people who are wondering what do you mean worshiping books but that's literally what happens we put them on the same pedestal as the gods we literally take like books that we use for school i still use my uh, how to program in c from god knows when that i bought it i still use that as my like token book and the idea is that you go back and start studying from that and you know you gain knowledge quickly or whatever you, you will be happy to know that i put my laptop down this year <laughs> oh wow that's that is symbolic i i have put the kindle down once that you know like how do i communicate this whole thing to god uh, uh the second thing that's interesting is the the thing that you mentioned in passing where you said that she uh she was learning how to write her name so that actually happens mm-hmm. a lot uh, uh on the 10th day as well it's the whole uh, process called aksharabhyasam which is basically the first time that you actually write something uh and and uh, typically this the 10th day uh is treated as the uh, beginning of your education and you're supposed to start learning from that day and it's always been fascinating how that works and the third thing that's happened and i've i have never uh quite understood how that happened is that the the puja that happens on the ninth day where we worship books it's supposed to be uh ayudha puja hmm ayudha means uh, ayudha uh, is a word that stands for weapons uh uh-huh. so uh it's it's fascinating how what we it was probably literally worshiping of strength somehow translated into you know worshiping of knowledge because saraswati is not durga so you're not you know there is no real uh, direct symbolism between worshiping durga or saraswati it's kind of fascinating how you know as time goes by and as uh, 
kind of norms change and as societies evolve i suppose how these these kind of differences start creeping in and the names mm-hmm. remain the same but the but the forms of worship have like dramatically changed you mean you keeping a laptop is probably it may sound funny but i'm sure it was funny when somebody kept the first book there with paper being expensive i mean it could have been that far ago i mean print printed stuff only just recently showed up so uh i mean ayudha puja is is essentially worshiping implements so right. i'm guessing it it sort of spun itself out from there um so i'm guessing way back when they used to keep their you know whatever implements they were using in their daily right. work that was were being worshiped well yeah yeah that is true i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. we uh, i've always made the link between ayudham being weapons because that's Uh, yeah that's no, the more the like common yeah literal meaning right yeah and in some sense we are actually um worshiping different so so again just to give some i guess mythological context so saraswati lakshmi parvati all of these are uh, i guess to some i guess durga kali are all are all some are all different manifestations of of, of the shakti and so ayudha puja is in some sense also a worship of of the shakti yeah and so it it sort of all links together back to that you know why navratri why why it, it is a, it is a very uh, it is a festival that is really meant to celebrate the the power of 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 the female yeah but it's always surprising how the 10th day ends up being a celebration of <laughs> uh, of ram right because that's yeah. what the 10th day is it's it's vijayadashmi uh vijayadashmi is the 10th day uh of the month the navratri celebrated and it literally stands for uh the 10th day on which victory was achieved vijayadashmi is the day of victory and uh, it's uh, supposedly the day on which uh, ram defeated ravan uh the king of lanka which you know is extolled in the ramayana uh and uh, uh the more a very popular form of kind of celebrating that day is basically burning down in effigy form ravan kumbhakarn uh his brother ravan's brother and indrajit ravan's son so they build like these massive effigies and uh they burn them down uh i've actually never seen that growing up in bombay i i that was never you know seemed to be more of a northern thing Yeah, yeah. It is it is a very it is much more northern than than in Bombay. I've seen a small one that was done in Bombay but the really big one the one that is usually photographed and and they show you everywhere is is much further is north where they do like really huge effigies and then you will have someone actually shoot a burning arrow to try and to to bomb them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know a lot of them um A lot of the places in the north also have uh, the tradition of Ram Leela which is basically uh, celebrating the different adventures of Ram uh, through his life and uh, that's basically a, like a street play that lasts you know they have that all throughout the uh, the 9 days and then the 10th day sometimes the performers get to do the honors because they're literally in the you know in the guise of Ram they're dressed as Ram and they're dressed as Lakshman his brother uh and it kind of makes sense that they're kind of put in the 
if if they are you know if they're popular enough they probably would be called on to uh set the thing on fire but nowadays it's probably politicians doing it anyways uh just for people who uh just to give our customary flavor of bollywood people may remember that uh delhi six actually has this as an underlying theme where they will show you scenes from the ramayana and try to draw parallels to the movie very bad parallels but nevertheless parallels is there um, anything good about that movie other than sonam kapoor and uh, masakali um and then there is also this this akshay kumar movie in which he enters his entrance in the movie is him basically playing ravan so he's like on a bike with 10 heads um i forget the name uh, it's it's that it's tashan tashan is that's how he enters the movie it's a really hilarious opening scene because you see the bike and then you see the guy with 10 heads and then it's akshay kumar <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's uh Vijayadashmi has actually been in a lot of movies, right? Because it's literally it's such a great premise. You're burning an effigy. The big the effigy is really big. It falls down. Chaos and commotion. Brothers get separated. Families get torn <laughs> apart. And you know, 10 years later the movie kind of jumps forward and 10 years later they all meet in different circumstances. And uh that is so that's fairly common I thought. It's right after Kumbhaka Mela, right? For people who don't get that reference, we'll put in a link. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but one of my favorite ones is though is uh, from Swadesh. So I have a, I have kind of a soft spot for that movie. And, and Swadesh, it's like it's when they are burning the effigies. Uh, is when you know the kind of the, um, is when the hero realizes his goal in life and he decides to become like the. you know sacrificing um gentlemen so i've always right. found that fast it's it's very symbolic right they are burning out the demons and um he he realizes that you know we has to burn some demons here and and move things along i think more recent uh, movie that people will remember which is also set which actually uses navratri and durga puja as is one of its most like a character in the movie is kahani vidya balan's kahani i've never seen that movie the wife seen it and she she loved it she thought it was great but i've never it is it is it is an excellent movie you really should watch mm-hmm. it um it is it is a it is a very smartly made movie and so it so it works on a number of levels right um plus of course we also have um, the first thing ragu said when we were thinking about bollywood takes on navratri and he said well navratri the <laughs> yeah 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 so for people who are like lost there is a movie called navratri uh it's it's uh it was made uh, as i think naya din nayi raat in hindi remade nayi din nayi raat the yep. the movie in tamil is called navratri and stars uh, shivaji ganeshan who was was an who was an amazing actor uh in you know he acted for a really long time from like the 40s all the way through this into this uh century and it basically has him playing nine different roles and the synopsis of the story is that a girl gets uh you know girl runs away from her home on the first night of navratri and she meets nine different people on every day every day after that till the vijayadashmi where she is kind of reunited with her love and she runs away to be with him but every day she is you know she is falling into a new 
situation with a different person and shivaji ganeshan basically played every single one of those and the lover of the girl so he had like 10 roles in that movie it's ridiculously it's it's a ridiculously complicated movie but it's it's fun to watch it it's mostly you know something just that just like showcases him each of his roles is kind of um em em is an embodiment of a different uh, emotion right um, the navarasa very right? similar yeah. or behavior like just just corresponding to the navarasa so wonder compassion anger and so on and forth yeah the- and in hindi it was remade with sanjeev kumar and jaya badri right right and uh, uh it's a it's a fantastic movie um, and i know it's on youtube and you get subtitles and stuff and it's a really fantastic movie to watch just to see you know uh, uh he's he's basically a method actor right and he really just gets into the role he plays like the role of a, a leper and you would not know that this is the same guy who like five frames ago was playing the role of a of a spoiled drunk a uh, rich kid uh, and now he's suddenly playing a leper and they would feel like two different completely different actors making doing that role it's it's a pretty fascinating movie to watch just for the experience um so anyway long story short given that this episode essentially linked all our previous episodes this is clearly the return of the jedi of our trilogy <laughs> So follow us on uh, Twitter at ICD Podcast, and we are also on Facebook, so Inconceivable Desi's Podcast, uh, to you know kind of catch up on more such Star Wars references when it comes to uh, uh, being a Desi. Jai Mataji. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means.